Thanks for tuning in to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suju Organic, where we inspire, educate, and provide advice and insights around those who are in the sports business and entertainment industry. Please follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Life in the Front Office. And don't forget to follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Lastly, get your 15% off Suja at sujaorganic.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Excited for our episode today on the Ohio University Sports Ad Series with co-host Laura Waters-Brown and our guest in Corey Breton, CRO of Legends Attractions, and excited to talk to Corey. We had Corey on episode 72 back in 2019, so fast forward 300 plus episodes, and here we are, excited to talk to Corey about everything revenue, but also his journey uh, in and around Athens and otherwise uh, in LA. So Corey, welcome. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's good to be back. Let's kick off the podcast with what have you been up to the last four years? As I was kind of matching some timelines, we had you on like probably two months into your new gig at uh, at Legends. So what have you learned uh, over over the last few years? Um, I don't know if we have enough time uh, on that piece, but uh, but I, I would say that you know, since the last time we spoke, the world changed too, as well. So layer that into it. And I, I would believe that all of us kind of feel that same way. There's personal and professional growth that's happened over the last four years. Um, toss in the fact that uh, the division of the business that, that I'm really responsible for is the attractions industry, which is heavily dependent on the tourism industry. Um, so throw that as a, as a wrinkle in. I think resiliency uh, talents for ambiguity are two of the things that stand out the most over the last four years that, that I've learned. Um, and as we look at the attractions division as a whole within Legends, you know, we've been fortunate. We've been able to grow the division from 2015 when it launched one property uh, to where we have 15 plus properties now. And um, I would say four different specific areas of, uh, of the business. So we have tall towers, which are observation decks, like One World Observatory in New York City. Um, we're actually going to open View Boston here in the spring. It's the only observation deck in town. We have iconic venues. So you look at AT&T Stadium, um, SoFi Stadium out here in Los Angeles. And then we will launch the renovated Bernabeu uh, with Real Madrid. So we'll operate their tour and museum and private events for, for that facility as well. Um, Mission-based cultural institutions, so College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, or um, you can look at National Medal of Honor Museum that's going to open in Arlington, and that will open in 2025. We're a part of those. Um, and immersive experiences, which are driven by technology. So we have a luminarium in Atlanta, in Las Vegas. Um, and so I think those are, if you look at the kind of four divisions of the business, four pillars of the business attractions industry, Back in when we last spoke, we really had tall towers. And so we've kind of evolved the business as we realize there's only so many tall buildings in the world. So you probably should diversify your portfolio a little bit. Um, and that's what we've done. And when you look at all these different places, the locations, the, the type of attraction, just kind of a glimpse of 
what goes into the selection and obviously there's there's a lot again that's that's another episode but like truly uh how do you come up with the idea around yeah this this would make sense from a business perspective uh to represent this you know attraction space yeah i, I would say um as you look at the the tourism industry as a whole as by once again not sorry um being completely dependent on the pandemic or using the pandemic as uh, as a tipping point, but folks are more likely to purchase experiences in general, and that could be a multitude of different things. And so I think we as a company at Legends look at it, we operate where people congregate for a common cause, and that can be over a multitude of different things. It can be sports, music, entertainment, um, and attractions. And so I think we as a company use that as a filter is, how can we enhance the guest experience? How can we grow the guest experience? Um, is there incremental lift from a revenue uh, perspective available for us? Um, is there added value that we can create for guests? Like, so I think it's, it's going back to that kind of North Star for us as a company. We're a premium global experience company. And so how, how can we evolve, enhance, and grow experiences? And it can be in any space. And I think when you kind of pull off the blinders, if you will, and say, I'm, I'm not just going to look at it through this particular lens. And you look at it from a premium global experience perspective. Um, I think it opens up a lot more avenues for us to pursue and evaluate to your point to see if it makes sense for us to, to be an operator for a partner, because it's got to be both ways. So like, we have to feel like we can drive incremental lift. They have to feel like we're the right partner for them as well. Um, and so, we, we, you know, I think that that's a big piece to it. Corey, is there anything that Legends doesn't do? <laughs> um, if if like, we don't do it yet, we're trying to do it now. Um, right. But mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I would say our role and our goal is to have a connected experience. And so when you think about services, like I look back at my previous days in the NBA, where I worked at a stadium that was owned by a, a, a different company, right? Then, so you're, you're a, an MBA team and you're a tenant in your own building. So your ability to control guest services, security, parking is limited because you're dependent on a third-party vendor. Then I walk the general concourse and I have a group that's performing the food and beverage on that general concourse. Then I go into the club area, the, the suites and club seats. And then there's another food and beverage provider. And so you can see, and then I go into the merch truck and there's another provider. And so for us, going back to not trying to be, um, you know, I guess go back to that premium experience company side, but we want a connected experience for the guest. And we all know as, as a user of sports entertainment attractions, like if I walk into a space, I can tell when I'm working with different third-party vendors and when I'm not. And so for us, it always goes back to that, like we can be that one group that you can work with that can control everything from start to finish. Now we are completely white label, Legends is, so we have 200 plus clients, so hopefully you'll never know that you're interacting with the Legends brand, but at the same time, we are taking on your brand ethos, your mission, your vision. Um, we have no pride in authorship, so we're aligning with your XYZ, and we're going to deliver on your vision and have that connected experience. And so. For us, um, 
if you look at like you go online, everybody can look at legends.net and see the wheel of services we offer. So we could do everything from project management, project development, owner's rep, all the way through to global technology solutions. I would say the piece that we've grown the most in the last year is we acquired a company called Forefront. Um, if you're familiar with them, Josh Kritzler, Dan McGullough, like, you know, they have ties back to Ohio U as well. I think uh, they definitely hire a lot of individuals coming out of Ohio U uh, on their team. So I have a lot of teammates that, uh, that, that uh, work there as well, work with us now. Um, but I think that was a big move for us to move into the digital space and, and move into a heightened awareness on the global technology solutions. So I'd say if there are areas where we feel like we aren't um, as efficient as we possibly could be, we'll look to partner with the right company, acquire the right company and lean into them and, and roll them into our wheel of services. That's amazing. Can I make a request? Yes, definitely. Can we please add some doggy daycare options at these events. It would be very <laughs> helpful for those of us who have dog children, okay, uh, and would <clears> love <throat> to come to all the events, but like. I will work on that. Yes, I would appreciate yeah. that. I think you mentioned uh, you're able to stay in a hotel in LA that actually had a plan in it. I think we're evolving in the world where now arenas and stadiums can have doggy daycare as well. So. We can move forward. Great idea. I would pay a premium for that. And I would make a reservation in advance and provide all the shot. Like, I just see, you know, affiliation with a vet chain to get all the things. Like, I just, I'm, I'm, go ahead, Jay. Back on topic. I'm sorry. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Next thing you know, uh, there's a dog park attraction near you, you know? Um, exactly. I want, look, I want equity. If that happens, if that happens, Corey, send me We my can talk money. offline. Okay. Right. Yes, I mean, we can mind. definitely do that. <laughs> Corey, as you think about, uh, one thing that's interesting about your experience is that you went into the industry and then went through the Ohio program um, you know, while on the team side and then continue to progress through your career. Can you talk a little bit about what that did for you? And, and then, you know, maybe how the network has helped you throughout your career. Um, even if it's just leaning on, you know, colleagues and friends, right. For advice or, or best practices or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate the question. I think it was, you know, my path is my path, right? Meaning that uh, I think anything that I would say on here um, worked out for me or has worked for me, but doesn't necessarily mean it's the, the right route to take. Um, and so being in the industry, I think I'd been in the industry for about 10 years um, and made the decision to go back to, to college and go to, to Ohio U uh, to get my PMSA. And I think, um, the value that I thought I was going to get out of it or the value that I did were polar opposite, really where it helped me uh, the most. And, and ironically enough, it feeds into my role now where I get to interact and work in a lot of different spaces. So I'm not just particularly like a ticket salesperson, right? I'm not a sponsorship person. Um, I am sitting in the center of the wheel, connecting the dots and look at everything through a holistic lens. The diversity of thought at PM, through the PMSA, through Ohio U, because in a class of 25 people, there was people from all walks of life, all experience levels, all tenures, and all industries as well. And that was for, for the first time, 
not say the first time, but for 10 years of my life, I was surrounded by MBA folks. And when you're surrounded by one thing, and the MBA does a really good job of building out a calendar of events, they do a really good job of making sure that the teams are connected to the mothership, to the MBA brand. They build out this calendar um, that is focused on making sure that the MBA is always active in the marketplace. Like you transition from end of the season as we start playoffs here in April, then it'll transition to summer league, et cetera, et cetera. There's all these little uh, moments in time that the NBA does a great job. And for me, um, I got into a rhythm, which was great, but also rhythms can be scary because you can get complacent. And so Ohio U provided me an opportunity to kind of ignite myself, expose myself and get diversity of thought, um, which, which definitely ironically enough, I think five years later translates perfectly into my role now where I'm not just a ticket salesperson. I'm not just a salesperson. I'm, uh, I'm doing more than that. And so that, that's been extremely helpful. And I think moving past and now where I sit, I, I, honestly, it's it, uh, connectivity to the university helps for us at Legends, me particularly, like with the recruiting. Because as soon as I see a name that has an Ohio U Connect, I can immediately reach out to somebody somewhere that knows that person and can provide me like a real conversation on their skill set and where they feel like they'd be the best fit. And so I think from a, a teammate lens, it, it's super beneficial and helpful because the network is so broad, like it goes so wide. Um, so that, that's where it's been helpful for me and us. Following up on that, you know, I think Ohio is really great at, to your point, bringing different types of uh, backgrounds and people together and just work experiences. How have you, how have you found success or seen success in an industry where it's known for, we've done it, we're doing it this way because we've done it this way for the past 80,000 centuries. How have you found success bringing in new ideas and outside of the box thinking and looking at things from a holistic way and pushing people past the safe space of, well, we've always done it this way. So why would we change? Uh, great question. Loaded question. Uh, very much so. and, and yeah, it was very pointed on a Monday morning, uh, especially Same here day. in LA at like 7, 7.15 a.m. So it's good. Okay. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> look, I, you know, it's, it's a complex question, but I think it has a simple answer. Like hire people that don't look like you, that don't speak like you, that don't come from the same industry as you. And so I only can speak to my experience within the attractions division. Um, 2018 transition from traditional sports, spent, you know, what, 12 years in the NBA, three years with LAFC, and then transition out. And one thing at LAFC, when we were building the club from the ground up, we hired a very diverse staff, but that re represented the market. And that was the like, not the first time, but really the first time we were able to build an entire staff from the ground up that I had been a part of. And so we had representation from every different kind of pocket of LA, if you will. I think, and I'll probably get this stat wrong, but I believe there's like 15 to 19 countries represented in the city of Los Angeles. And so if we're gonna build a club from the ground up, street by street, block by block, one by one, we need to have proper representation. And so. If you're going to seek that out in your fans, in your members, 
then you also have to have representation within your club, within your front office. And so how that, I, I think that experience kind of altered me, changed me. And then when I moved to the attractions division, you know, we had two to three people. I was the first one what, that was from the sports industry. So I, I immediately was not accepted by the, the tour industry, by the travel industry. And they're like, what, do you, what, what value can you can provide to us? I'm like, well, once again, global experience company focused on guest experience. I think I know a little bit about that. Figure out how we can leverage and pull some points. And so for us in the attractions division, we have specifically sought out individuals that come from different areas of guest experience. So we have you know, folks in merchandise who worked in retail, but that's a completely different guest experience than folks that have worked in restaurants that we have in our food and beverage space. We have folks that have worked for Universal, Disney, et cetera, et cetera. So you start to piecemeal this team together. And now you have a group of 20 individuals that are all coming from different walks of life that can provide value from their own particular lane, but also are entering into the conversation from a humble perspective. So they're willing to listen. And we collectively as a group are willing to listen to each other and kind of collaborate and cross-pollinate and create the best possible outcome. And I think, you know, it goes back to, hiring like the simple answer when you're hiring individuals make sure you don't pull up your rolodex no offense against ohio u but i'm not pulling up my rolodex and looking only at that lens now i will add a layer and i'll look at ohio u and say okay let me get one or two that i'm comfortable with because i know their background but the other 18 people that i'm going to hire are going to be completely different backgrounds and i'm going to force myself to be uncomfortable for a little bit as well and I think that feeds into the best possible outcome because once again, in the tourism industry, we need to have we need to have representation because all of us on this call and everybody on the that will be listening is coming from a different lens as well. When you're in in you know moving to a city or traveling to a city, going to an attraction, et cetera, et cetera. So. That was a great answer. Ah, we gotta get you. you. I appreciate that. If you ever decide to run for public office, you got my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you said is so important. I think, you know, Ohio University has such an amazing reputation for producing superstars, right, in the sports industry, in the entertainment industry. And I think that students, specifically, you know, current students and future students have to step out of this, I'm going to get a job because I went to OU and relying on the name and the brand and really saying, okay, this is gonna get me in the door, but I have to bring something else to it. I have to bring additional skills. I have to bring to your point, I've got to think differently and not rely on that. So you definitely dropped some, I support I support this message, Jake. I'm gonna get a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, and, and one thing just to layer onto it, I mean, we say it all the time, is every single day I get to borrow somebody else's diploma that's an expert in their respective lane. Mm -hmm. what, what is better? What is cooler? What is more unique than that? And I think also the piece is that's professional. Mm -hmm. By having diversity of thought, you're going to get access to people that have a different personal background than you as well. And we know it. You started the question off. Sports in general, typically you'll see a leader go to a, a team and you'll see people from their previous teams all get hired immediately. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, well, what, like, how is this outcome going to be any different than the other outcomes that this person just moved from this previous team from versus mm -hmm. 
building out a team that represents the city, building out a team that represents the club, building out a team that represents the region. Like that's where you, you have this collection of individuals, this collection of thought. And I feel like that's how you can make monumental games as opposed to 3% every year type games. I love it. I, I think, uh, Laura, for reference, Corey dropped the whole hedgehog concept on his last episode. And it was like one of those things where I was just like, I got done listening. I'm mind blown. Uh, now he's dropping all this wisdom. But when I when I listen to you and I'm, I'm thinking about the transition you've made and you talked about the personal growth, right, by surrounding <clears throat> yourself with these people, um, you know, a little bit outside of sports, we'll call it for someone who's been in the team world for 10 plus years and they're listening to this and they're like, I don't know if I want to make that jump to, and, and to clarify, like you're still in sports. It's just sports and entertainment and tourism and we'll call it kind of holistic, yeah, Jake. holistic, holistic, right? Yes. But it, it is a different day to day. You're not going to the games. You're not right. So what has that experience been like since you've been away from the team side and for someone listening to go, what is that jump like? What am I, what am I missing? What am I ex- going to expect? Yeah. Um, questions asked often, A, what, what fed me or what led me into the, the change? Um, what is different? And then, you know, how my experience has been. So I, I'll try to break it down in a couple different points. I, I think, the biggest um, changes were 365. We're always on. So you truly are a retail outlet that's trying to drive admission-based sales to a venue. Um, but as opposed to selling a game with a, a date or a game against an opponent, you're really selling an experience 365. So I think that that's a different model and a different structure. Also, because we are an end-to-end solution for our partners, going back to that holistic, connected experience, guest journey, everything from the time you, you get on your phone and you look at the web and that web leads you to the site and that you make a ticket purchase and then that feeds you into our food and beverage purchase or whatever it might be. And then you get to the actual physical site and you go to the kiosk and you scan your ticket and then you go through the experience and then you sit down for lunch after you see this amazing view of New York City at One World Observatory, et cetera, et cetera. Like all those things are driven by us and our team. Um, and so that gives you the latitude to impact a guest experience in a lot of different ways, which typically I, I hadn't been exposed to because I was just there focused on the arena. You go back to going to games. I'm walking, right? Arena, shaking hands making sure the clients are happy, making sure that all the guests are in the suite at a particular time. And then you're, you're going through the entire experience that way. That is a way different value proposition than this end to end that we're doing on the attraction side. So I think that that's the piece. Um, personally and professionally, I think they're woven a little bit to, together, right? I don't try to, I, I don't really feel like they can be isolated. Getting exposed to all those different areas of the business. And as you know, Emotional uh, intelligence, EQ, is extremely valuable and extremely important. And I think that is one of the differentiators between people that are really, really good at their role and okay. And, and what I found, once again, this is my journey, not anybody else's, but 
a lot of people can do the X's and O's. There's a, a lot of people can do that. But really what separates individuals is that emotional intelligence, that EQ. And so for me, working with people across all these different lanes of the business, all coming from different places, you're not going to have an identical conversation 30 minute, every 30 minutes. You're going to have unique conversations every 30 minutes. And then when you're on site at the property and you're working with the guests or you're working with the partner who owns the property, that's a completely different conversation as well. And so for me, both personally and professionally, is just reaching into that bag of tricks and trying to understand and sit and seek, seek to be understood versus, or seek to understand versus being understood, right? And leaning into individuals and really listening uh, to what they're going through, I think has helped evolve our business as well. And once again, it goes back to, to that diversity of thought. And then um, I think the final piece just in that transition for me, like, how did I make it? Why did I make it? I knew leaving um, LAFC, I, I, I wasn't sure that another project was going to be the best opportunity for me. Because a project, like if you're on a building out a brand new stadium, and I don't mean to, to dismiss it by saying it's a project, working with a partner like LAFC, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal partner, right? They comp I mean, they've just won the championship, doing phenomenal things. They built out a, a great brand. It takes a lot out of you building something from scratch for three years. And so ironically enough, go and build something else is fun. But at the same time, being in a division of the business where you're responsible for more than just ticket sales and sponsorship, that was where I wanted to pursue because I, I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but that was, I was completely okay with that as well. And so I think as you look at individuals with 10 years of team experience, if you want a predictable outcome, that's a completely different thing than exploring what you're made of and what you can become like that's a journey. And, and if I think if you're willing to take that journey, you could always go back to the team side. But if you never make that leap, you're never going to make that leap. Bars. Um, a big audience of, you know, this podcast is current students. And every time we speak with students, well, I can't speak with Jake, but I'm going to assume he's closer to them than I. Um, but every time I speak to students and they're looking to go into the workforce, you know, they're, they're using phrases like work-life balance and happen <laughs> things that we were not really talking about coming into the industry. However, I understand, uh, I understand and respect their determination to seek this center line of peace and well-being and happiness. Understanding now that you're on the managerial side and you oversee staff and you oversee people and you understand the importance of emotional IQ, what are a few things, like three things that you would tell somebody going into the industry to look out for in their manager or questions to ask in the hiring process to really see, you know, is this person going to support me and push me or is this person just going to drag me until I have a mental breakdown and can't function anymore I'm not saying the sports industry does that however it could happen yeah I, I look I, I think um, once again topic of conversation that has a lot of different avenues we could pursue um, and it's something that continuously comes up 
So it's a, it's a pointed statement. Um, and I, I would say as somebody that spent my entire career in the sports entertainment industry, I can't speak to what other industries, but I know from just being at arm's reach, this is just workforce in general, right? Like I, 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 I not say, um, Upset is not the right word, but when people place a broad statement over the sports industry and be like, yeah, they're going to work you to the bone. You're going to make minimum wage. You're going to have to figure this out. Like there's a lot of industries out there that that's capitalism. That's not sports. Like that's just business, right? That's the way people have formed businesses. So I would say coming out of college, if you're looking, going back to that point, and if there's kind of three things, two things that I can recommend, I, I would say if your first statement coming out of college where you've done 15 credits, let's just say, in a semester, and you're worried about life, work-life balance, like you, you had the balance. You, you coming out of college, like That's now fair. it's time to put the work, the practices learn into work and through work you'll learn what you want to do because i can read all the books in the world and i'm an avid reader but i don't use one book as kind of my guidebook for my life like i i use many books like i pull and then i apply and then i implement and then i adjust and then i adapt and so i would just say for you to enter into a conversation as you're exiting college into your career for you to be already seeking something out that you don't even know what it is, that, that, that's perplexing to me because you've, you've never had work-life balance. Like you've, you've been in school for 22 years, basically, from time you're born to now, or if you went to graduate school right after 20, we'll give you a couple extra years. But like you, th that's part of the evolution of you as a human being. Like you need to move into the workforce and you might make a bad decision. You might work for some wrong people. But through working with that, you'll learn that I never want to do that again. I never want to experience that again. And so to put all your eggs in one basket and say, I want work-life balance, and that's going to be the ultimate decision maker, how I choose, whether they have a ping pong table in the, in the break room, and they're going to have juices in the morning, like, I, I would caution that, that decision making process. Like, I would build out pros and cons and, and work my way through that. I would say from a managerial lens, I don't necessarily know if it, it's the question because I think anybody can interview really well on both sides. Like I, I think companies can interview really well and tell you exactly what you want to hear. And so there's that piece. But I will say if you have a if you have an individual leader, something that's always worked for me is finding individual leaders that I know are going to motivate me and inspire me. And those are subjective mm -hmm. things to try to figure out in an interview. So that's a gut feeling. But I do believe if you've aligned yourself with folks that inspire and motivate you throughout your life, you're much more likely to pick out those things in an interview and then say, you know what, I would run through a wall for that person. So then it's no longer tied back to work-life balance. It's tied to motivation. And then when I'm willing to work for you or willing to work for Jake, doesn't mean forever either. That's the other piece that like, I think our world has evolved and changed. Like, I'm not saying you should jump ship when things get rough, but at the same time, it's not a forever commitment. So move into the space, find things that are going to motivate and inspire you. Um, 
And then the final piece I would just say is it's uh, at the end of the day, your career is on you. So work-life balance, all that good stuff. You know how you get balance? You get whatever your task done in a much more efficient manner, and then you can have balance. If you go into work at eight and you're, you're just there physically, but not mentally, not emotionally, not connected, you're going to be there till six and you're going to feel burnt out when you leave because you're going to get home after an hour drive both ways. So it's really a seven to seven shift. Like that's what you're running. But I found, at least through pandemic, through this, doing remote things, et cetera, I can get just as much accomplished if I'm really connected to it in six hours, right? And, and hammer through it. And then that's how you create balance. But I'm doing the same amount of work in that time. So I don't know if that helps answer, uh, but I think oh. those are, are three things that stand out to me when I communicate with folks that are students entering into the workforce. But even students, I would say 20-year veterans are still leaning into that same question saying, well, I want balance. I, as an interviewer, like, I'm, what, what does balance mean to you? Mm -hmm. you? You can dictate your own balance. So you tell me what you're looking for. And then off of that, they'll describe their perfect work environment. And oftentimes, as somebody that's a, on the hiring side, that tells me all I need to know about that individual and the way they're viewing this role, this opportunity, and their career. That's amazing. Like, Jake, you don't have to run this back. I know you said you had the podcast season episode, whatever, but it was before me. And so therefore it doesn't count. Um, I think you mentioned so many amazing gems in there and so much great information. And I think hopefully those listening to this understand, like you, you mentioning explain or expecting a work-life balance in a situation you have not experienced yet to even know if you like I want it we're going to come up with a new phrase in 2023 that is not work-life balance but it's just like holistic cohesiveness maybe that's what we're going with in 23 Drake holistic Cohesion. I don't know, but I think Corey should have his own podcast after. I do too. <laughs> we don't have to get you adjunct, adjunct professor Corey or something. Because I appreciate that. It's just personal a lot awareness. Of That's what I would say to the, the, the folks exiting college. Just be personally aware of what you're trying to achieve and, and focus on you. Like, I think you get caught up chasing these words because you hear other people say them. You get caught up like in the, the buzzwords and the buzz themes of the day. You read a couple articles and you're like, oh, this is what I need to find. Like, mm -hmm. Find your journey. Find your space. Do you. Do you. The, it's the do you. It's the theme of the year. It's the theme of the year. Jake, it's my favorite time of the show. The fun questions. The fun questions. Those were fun. That was good. They were, but you had to like really <laughs> dig deep into your brain and it's early in the morning. And this, this next segment is the one that we're working on Jake with. He's, he's been struggling a little bit, but we're getting him there. He's doing a lot better. Um, we're focusing on it's, it's, it's our, it's our hot seat, our hot topic, right? Type of questions. And these are rapid fire questions, either or one or two. Jake, we are not asking for descriptions, okay? One or two. All right, up first. Are you more of a chocolate vanilla cupcake person or birthday cake? Chocolate vanilla. 
Mm. <laughs> okay. I feel like that's a wrong answer, but based on you that know, it just you know, it tells me a lot about you. personal taste. <laughs> Basketball or soccer? Basketball. Okay. Are we going to go? Because you you did PMS day. So when you were in Athens, did you do late night slice pizza? Or were you a Slovakis type of guy? Late night slice. Mm. All right, Corey, favorite book? That's not an either or, Jake. That's okay. It's a quick <laughs> answer. Um, I would say most recent favorite book uh, actually sits behind me, so... Ryan Holiday, um, the guy kills it. Discipline is the destiny. He just came out with that one. Um, but all of his books are, are great, right? Stoicism, I'm all in on stoicism. Um, so that that's uh, that's always a good read for me and something that I can always pick up at any point in time too. And I think the best books are the ones that you read and then you reread and reread again. All right, last one, okay. Who's winning the women's NCAA basketball championship in 2023? Dawn Staley, got to go with uh, South Carolina. So she's on, she's going undefeated. Uh, she's killing it. So she's got to roll. And then if you ask me on the men's side anyways, I have zero idea because everything nope. is wrong to date. So yeah, um, uh, there's no point in me even saying a, a team at this stage. Although I do have UConn, I will say I have UConn winning in my bracket but i have zero um remaining final four i have zero teams remaining so it's like okay. done so it's like I'm, I'm not good at qualified at this anymore reason number seven hundred thousand and fifty two: why women's sports are just the bomb we support women's I'm sports in. see exactly women are Laura, the do i get one final question it, one final. make it good if it's good, if it's not good, Jake, take it back and rework it. All right. Corey, you're on the attraction side. City you haven't been to that you really want to go to. Oof. Um, so I've been fortunate to, to obviously travel quite a bit um, on a plane domestically, but also internationally. And I will say um, I'll, I'll feed into an answer um, of the city I've been to recently, which is Madrid. Highly recommend it. Phenomenal city, beautiful culture, great food, just historical, amazing museums and everything. Um, but that's fed into really Iberia and now me wanting to go to Lisbon, Portugal. So Lisbon, Portugal is on the list, traveling up the coast, have a, a trip planned there in June. I'm gonna hit up Lisbon and Porto in uh in portugal so those are the two cities that i have yet to 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 go to that i need to go to so well we'll have you back on the podcast to talk about i got one more now i have a follow-up i have a follow-up jake i have a follow-up for that for all of us in the industry that travel something crazy tsa pre-check or clear both i'm doubling down i i get as much for for i literally live 10 minutes away from lax if I have a 7 a.m. flight, I'll leave my house at 6.15. And so when people say something about like, 
LAX is horrible. No, it's not. It's you're a poor traveler. Like if you, if you hate the airport, the airport is an expected experience. You know where you're walking into. So proper planning on the front Mm -hmm. end can alleviate a lot of your stress. So you double down on, on clear and TSA, you scope each line, you figure out what's going to work best. Usually it's going through clear and then using the clear to get to your TSA and then you're golden in all airports. So double down. Expert advice. Do you, do you triple that up with global entry then? I, I, I bet on the global entry wait list. I feel like for two years now, um, and I have yet to go in for the in-person interview. So it's sitting there. I'm still trying to get it. I don't know what happened. Maybe there's something like my name is, is, uh, it's flagged somewhere in the system. I don't know Mm -hmm. what's happening. So if you well, got any tips, I'm more than happy. Tips. I will, I'll give you the, the tricks to the trade offline. I don't know if I can share that with the world because I want yeah. everybody to do it. No, I, no. I got you. Mm-hmm. I've got right. you. I appreciate that. Corey, amazing insights, perspectives. Uh, really appreciate the time on the Life in the Front Office podcast, Ohio, Ohio University Sports Ad Series. And uh, Laura, always enjoy the time. Appreciate it. Corey, we'll have you on again. Not in another 300 something episodes. It'll be before then. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, appreciate you giving me a, a platform. And once again, all this is just my speak. It doesn't mean it's right for anybody else. I think that's the biggest caveat. Find your own path. So appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe. And follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at Life in the Front Office. And don't forget to get your 15% off Suja at sujaorganic.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And stay tuned for next Monday's episode with a new guest and new content.